I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Taylor here and I have a huge favor to ask of you. On September 29th, 2018, I will be riding 130 kilometers for the BMO Ride for Cancer. We'll be going from a home bay in Nova Scotia back to Halifax, and I'm going to be dedicating this ride to our late great friend, Brandon Thomas. So my goal, my fundraising goal is $1,000. I'd love to raise uh, much more than that if possible. I'm, I'm shooting for the stars, but the goal is for 1000 and I'm doing it with a team of guys, and everybody's goal is $1,000. And if everybody listening right now goes over to sickboypodcast.com slash ride for cancer and donates, you know, a dollar or even 50 cents, I'd hit my goal. I'd hit my goal in in 10 minutes. So if you could go and do that, that would really mean the world to me. Uh, Again, sickboypodcast.com slash ride for cancer. That's sickboypodcast.com slash ride for cancer. That's sickboypodcast.com slash ride for cancer. Thanks, everybody. I love you. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Aaron, and he has X-linked lymphoproliferative syndrome. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Well, you know what? Look at us. Just All sitting, four of us, just sitting around. Just four guys sitting around, about to talk about some shit that I know you, uh, you and me, the three of us that are usually on the show, have absolutely no idea what the fuck we're actually getting into. So your application, Aaron, um, all I remember from it was that it said XLP. And then I tried. Is that a file? Uh, file yeah. type? Yeah, this is, it's an X file, um, actually. Right. Oh, like, um, yeah, it's a dot XLP. <laughs> I tried to open it. I didn't have the program. Dude, you literally <laughs> wrote me this afternoon. You said the XLP guy is coming tonight. I literally thought it was a typo, and I thought we were getting new XLR cables for our microphones. <laughs> but uh, so, that's only an audio joke that audio people will get, yeah. but it doesn't really matter. Oh, dude, or like XLS that only spreadsheet people would get. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude. So I tried to read. I, you, you also put XLP for short because I tried to read what the the actual name of XLP was, and I couldn't. There were so many consonants and and syllables and vowels, and I think there was even like all there, the things that create language. Yeah, I think there was even there was even punctuation in like it, within it. It was so fucking long. There was yeah. an exclamation part, half <laughs> exclamation point Not halfway the, through. Uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I believe that XLP stands for. And this is just off the top of my head, but I think it was something like. That's uh, <laughs> off the top of your head. You read from your phone, you motherfucker. <laughs> I want Aaron to say it. I want Aaron to say it. Yeah, I'll buy it in here. X-linked lymphoproliferative disorder. Sorry, I didn't catch the P part. (laughs) 
X X X-linked lymphoproliferative disorder. So basically, it's X-linked, so it's from your mother, obviously. Uh, the proliferative. Obviously, obviously, does you know not belong in this podcast. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry. All right, yeah, X-linked. Obviously, it's your mom. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it's it's a recessive gene from your mother's side. Um, proliferative because of the X chromosome. Yeah, so it's actually like oh. when it, it's only possible to be transmitted to uh male from a female okay ah, yeah whoa. yeah and the proliferative is actually the fact that you're basically it stands for the fact that your t-cells don't function normally so if i were to have gotten sick when i wasn't fully like partially treated i basically would have my own t-cells attacking my body x linked li- limb lympho lympho proliferative 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 disorder yeah. disorder or you can also call it Duncan's disease because that was the first family to actually be. <laughs> Dude, Dude, let's wow. definitely yeah. call it Duncan's Duh. disease. Or, or XLP for short. Yeah, that works XLP or Duncan's disease. Dot yeah. XLP. So, like you, so you, just, you just explained that sort of, um, and, but I st- it still doesn't tell me anything other than you got it from your ma and, and the only way you can get XLP is, 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 is from a, a female giving it to a male that is their offspring? Uh, I could give, so if I had kids right now, I could give it to my female offspring, but because she has a perfectly functioning X chromosome, <laughs> she will be fine because that one will take over and fix everything for so her. Would she help, would she have YLP? No, it'd be XX. Oh. So it'd still be, it would still be, she just wouldn't have any, it, it would just be like a dormant. So it'd be right. like dormant. Whoa. Like, and then if she, right, had, and if she had a kid, she sh- would give it to her yes, son. Yeah. Okay. But would she Holy 100% give it to her son or maybe? It'd be a 50 50 chance. But, oh. Whoa. And then but like, the ne- that's also something you have to think about. Like, do I want to give my daughter something that they have to then think about? And then the next there? question would be, what the fuck? Is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How bad is it? What because, are we giving? <laughs> okay, so basically, your body attacks like well, you're, so your your T cells are what like are your second line of defense when you're getting uh, some sort of virus infection, anything. Mm-hmm. So in a normal person, it just goes. Does its job, starts to fight, kind of goes to your lymph nodes and is like, hey, yo, there's a virus in me. Maybe we should send our next line of defense and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. In mine, it's just like they sit there and like, that's cool. Let's just. Uh, right. They're not- all super baked. And they're like, <laughs> basically, they're like, we're yeah. Like, we're not doing it. <laughs> no, we're just, we're just going to sit here and let him just do what he wants. Right. And like, so if I had a cold, it was fine because like there's still like enough of your immune system to deal with it. But like other, like something more serious, like uh, pneumonia, mono is a big one. It's actually generally started by a hept, like a herpes virus. So mm-hmm. any of the main herpes viruses. So is it autoimmune? Or yeah. Okay. Right. So it's immune deficient. Yeah. So okay. So you get a nasty, like in layman's terms, you get like a nasty disease that's like a little bit more intense than a flu or a cold, and your immune systems like can be significantly compromised, and you get really fucked up. No, you die. You die. Oh, you oh die. just straight die? Yeah, most the general like lifespan for someone who isn't treated is below nine years old. Whoa! Is that because like I mean like shit like something like pneumonia would knock you out, right? Yeah, pneumonia would basically it would just destroy your immune system. Yeah. If you got mono, okay. Well, why are you not in a bubble right now? Yeah, why aren't you bubble boy? So I had a BMT when I was six. 
I've I love a good BLT. There's a place. Uh, there's a place just down the street um, yeah. called uh, Halle Deli. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just they do a, a great BLT. BLT. Yeah. Right. He said BMT. Oh my bad. Oh. Yeah. So bone marrow transplant. Uh, uh, I do not love I, a BMT. I know a great guy who does BMT. Actually, there's a great place, a Halle Deli, and you can get a real good BMT. Isn't that a bacon mayonnaise and tomato sandwich? Yeah, I think that's what that is. Just so hold on before we get into that. Before we get into that, because I'm, I am, um, I, uh, you, you piqued my curiosity about how the body fights um, uh, particular viruses and stuff. Yeah. So um, I know that like our white blood cells are are they're they're like a, they're a line of defense for when we get sick, right? Yeah. Or like when we injure ourselves. Like the white blood cells are like, hey, let's. Let's step up and and try to like heal this wound or, uh, but do blood white blood cells do anything when it comes to like like a virus or bacteria in the body? I actually don't know. Like I'm not super like right. knowledgeable mm-hmm. on all those. Fuck but. that then. So <laughs> what are what are, are do you know what the other lines of defense are for like a uh, after that it's uh, the killer T cell. So that's uh, something that's actually directly in your lymph node, which the smaller T cell would just go and activate it, um, and then they send out. Just uh, like these little uh, antiviruses, basically. Okay. And so with the XLP, that's also not going to do Yeah, no, nothing's going to happen. Nothing? Okay. So the T-cell, basically, the T-cell is just, I'm not like obviously completely versed in how viruses work. That's fucking fine. That's all (laughs) Yeah, but... um, No, No one listening really gives a shit, except for like the maybe... Like 150 <laughs> doctors that <laughs> yeah. listen to this and don't tell anybody in their like their actual life that they listen. It's just like a, a guilty pleasure. So it doesn't fucking matter. So, yeah. you, so if you have a bone marrow transplant, so th- I am, I am pretty unknowledgeable about really what the role of bone marrow is. It's basically what produces these cells. So okay. like that's where your those cells are produced. So if I were to get in, like if you were to get an infection, that's where you'd start Dude, producing the cells. If the T cells are like little warriors, the bone marrow is like the barracks. Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah, yeah they're like chilling out there. That's where they get like trained and like you know get all stoked up to go out and fight the fight the good fight. Right. Yeah, fight the good fight. That's where all the that's where all the tasty soldiers live. Like that's why dogs love bone marrow. They're just like <laughs> sucking out all the little soldiers. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what, Jared? That made it really clear for me. Yeah, yeah, that one right there. Got it. <laughs> yeah. But those needles, the needles to get this bone marrow. Dumbest, this is the dumbest fucking like. I mean, this is great so far, but we, we are like next level sick boy dumb right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm loving it. We're really bro We're really broing out right now. <laughs> so, so okay. So you're you're. You got a BMT, yes. a bone marrow transplant, when you were how old? Six years old. Six years old. And this was because of your XLP. They, they went, this kid's got XLP, and we, we need to like do this so that he doesn't die in three years? So I'll, I'll start from the beginning. Let's if you, do that's, that. That's, yeah, that's yeah, a great, great idea. So from the beginning, I started to go to like the emergency room pretty frequently, and my mom was like, this is weird. Like... He's a young kid. Why is he going to the emergency He's room? He's just getting like, up, leaving the house, and going to the emergency room. Like, they like, can't control him. They, they take... They sleepwalking <laughs> to the emergency room. Yeah. Okay. No, no more dumbness. No more dumbness. Yeah, let him fucking speak. And then, um, <coughs> so, the, there was a doctor there that actually started to notice that I was there pretty frequently, like, a couple times a month sometimes, and she's like, this isn't normal. <laughs> so they first got me into, like, hematology for cancer, and they were like, maybe he's got cancer. That would make sense. Like... That's weird that his immune system's not working. 
What was but what was bringing you to the the ER? Like, just like anything. Like I'd get a cold and it would go way out of like sure. the park. I'd get like the stomach flu. Would be way out of the park. I'd be like sick for days on end. Sure, and it was just like continuous. So it wasn't like I everything get, to the extreme. Yeah, and yeah. I wouldn't just get like a cold and then four months, five months without a cold. It'd be like five days or two weeks without oh, wow. a cold. Yeah. So my like obviously she started to take notice. Uh, we went through a bunch of hematology tests. They're like, oh yeah, he doesn't have cancer. So that was a good thing. Mm-hmm. And then they started to go through the immunology crew and then my doctor who was at the IWK was I uh, came from Germany and he was actually a doctor who treated that back in Germany. I mean, Hungary, sorry. Yeah, he was from Hungary and he mm-hmm. treated it there. So he actually noticed and he was like, this is a pretty like similar how it normally starts in other patients. So he then got the test. It was confirmed that I had it. My uncle was also sick at the same time. It was then confirmed that he had it. Duncan's like he like XLP. Yeah. Okay. Right. He, he's finding out like he's a he's a man like a yeah he was like twenty three ish and yeah. he's finding out that he has it at that time. Yeah. Oh so wow. He, so he, oh, he basically so he's bullets. probably had a, he's probably finding out then he's probably had a whole bunch of fuckery happen that he couldn't explain. Yeah, and the big thing with it is it's generally like you can be fine and like you get pneumonia and actually let it slide if you went to the emergency room Mm -hmm. and got treated. But if you get a herpes virus, that's what normally sets it off. And the most common one is actually mono, which is a herpes virus. So if you get mono, that's normally what sets it off. Mono is a herpes? Yes. I didn't know that. Crazy. Yeah. What, What do you mean by sets it off? So it's what like basically at like you you still have a couple functioning T cells so sometimes they'll work they'll they're what just kill off the rest of the T cells that are fully functioning. Oh, so you get mono and then your body goes, oh, all right, we're done, guys. Take a break. Like we're we're done working. T cells are just gonna take take, take the more of a break. Yeah. yeah. So like if <laughs> take you take even more of a break. If you got so I think I think my uncle got like cold sores or something. So that's like less serious and it, it sure. just, that's what set him sure, off. Sure. Mono right. normally is what just ends you because. Your body doesn't have any way to fight that Whoa, afterwards. Okay, because it just slowly deteriorates. So this Hungarian doctor, he he figures out. All right, we've got we're dealing with XLP with Aaron here. Yeah, um, and 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 then what? Then he's like, well, we need to get him a transplant. That's it's like immediately. Yeah. This is what we got to do. Yeah, that cause that was the only option back then besides. Uh, Immunoglobulin uh, injections, which has a, a, you just a, made that up. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. I don't. Know to, I don't know how to pronounce immunoglobulins. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> it's um, the green goblins. <laughs> yeah, it, but it, that has a bunch of extra ones. dude. How okay, isn't it crazy how they can go? All right, you've got this XLP thing. We got. We got to you know take some of your bone juice out. And put somebody somebody else's bone juice in. That's not exactly how it works. Okay, so then tell us how it works. Uh, Aaron. I think you're wrong. That, that sounds exactly right, Brian. So, <laughs> in perfect conditions, they give you ten years worth of chemotherapy in under six months. Okay. To oh my god! Kill off what? your entire immune system. Ten years of chemo in under six months. Yes. Is they, this what they did to you at six? Yes. Okay. So they basically have to kill off your entire immune system so that your entire bone marrow is gone, and when it gets replaced Whoa. with the donor, it just takes over fully. Whoa. So before you do the transplant, they do that? Yeah. Whoa. That's hardcore. How can you live with, like, I feel like bone marrow is a necessity. I, like, you're living on, you're just living on the line. Yeah, and you're in a edge. bubble room. So I was actually in a bubble. Oh, you were a bubble oh, boy. Oh, nice. Have you seen that episode of Seinfeld? Yes. Nice. <laughs> So, so he's okay. such an asshole. So do you, rem- do you, you were six. Yeah. Do you remember this, this process? 
Yes. So this is where it gets weird. I actually didn't get the proper dosage of one of the chem- like chemotherapy drugs. So normally when you go through this treatment, you're just out cold for how long, ever long you're in the room for a couple of weeks afterwards. Sort of like coma. Basically, yeah, comatose. Right? Yes, because okay. it's just so much pain. I wasn't, and I was also in the clean room a lot longer than I should have been because the of the mix. Clean room. Yeah. That's what they call it. It's like a, wow. like everything has to be clean. Like your parents have to fully shower down, mm. wash everything, gloves, face masks. Do the doors go... Yes. Sweet. Yeah, it's like airlock, like the entire <laughs> yeah. air is circulated out before people are out. And it's like, whoa. Holy shit. Is yeah. there like a room, like a, like a vestibule that you go into that like goes like. Like yeah. a decompression <laughs> chamber? Completely. So like, just to get my food, they'd have to do that in the morning, right? Yeah. I'm real committed to that too. Yeah. Although those are all the noises that happen in the clean room. I felt like I was watching Alien. That's interesting though too, like bringing your food in, like, like, <laughs> How do they make sure that the food is all clean and stuff too, right? Because I, I assume that it was like a clean, like they had to have like a special area for just the clean rooms because in the hospital I was in, there's like a, more than one, obviously. So they must have had just a special like food kitchen area for where everybody's shit. always the exact same. I'm, I'm just picturing that that chef <clears throat> and he's just such a snob. You know, like he's just such a snob about what they're bringing in, like for veggies. And well, that's how, like, how cuts like, when, when you do when I mean in in labs when they're doing when they're when they're experimenting with stuff, it's like there cannot there can't be any outside like contamination of dirt and all that stuff. So like, yeah. there's a process, mm-hmm. and everyone's wearing the white like. That's the same thing with like in the masks. It's and the same thing with high end nightclubs like the Dome and Pacifico. Like so, let's rain, rain it back in. Let's rain it back in. You you were in the clean room a little too long. They didn't give you the proper dosage of chemo. Uh, one of the drugs. Okay, well, okay, sure. Yeah. And and what did so what did that do to you? Basically, it didn't kill off my entire immune system. It's in. Um, medical terms, it's a mini transplant. It's actually used in certain cancers and other things, so they just give you less chemotherapy dose mm-hmm. because it can actually work sometimes. But it's not supposed to be done in my case at well, all. Was this an oversight? Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. So they just someone fucked an, up. Th- yeah. Basically. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so in my case, it's never supposed to happen. Like it's a no go. Never been tried. First person alive to ever have it happen that I know of. So I'm also even like more rare in the fact that I don't know what's going to happen down the line because there's no... I'm, I'm like, writing the book. Because Whoa, you're right. the only person, to our knowledge, who's had the mini-transplant yeah. in the case of XLP. Yes. Wow. That's, uh... That sucks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it does. But, but also kind of cool. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's really you know? cool because, like, there's research papers, there's seminars, there's, like, all this literature out there about me and, like... You're famous. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. If you are the bubble boy. Yeah, yeah, I'm famous in like the medical community. Yeah, wow, that's super, super what, rad. How rare? What do you know? A number? Uh, so <laughs> it's for so there's two types of XLP. I have XLP one, the less aggressive strain. Uh, that's one in a million. Whoa, boys. <laughs> that's rare, dude. Yeah, that's yeah. the rarest we've encountered. I think that's the rarest because up thing. until now, I think the rarest we've had on the show is what one in forty thousand, something like that. It's yeah. a, it's called a dwarf disease. That's like it's rarer than rare. Right, Whoa. yeah, like, like that's you're like almost unicorn territory, basically. And wow. then XLP two is one in five million. I don't have that. And mm. then me, to my knowledge, one in seven billion because nobody else has had any transplant. Dude, you, can you sign my boob after this? <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then and then he's never gonna shower again. <laughs> okay, so so okay, so they they kind of fuck up. They do yeah. the mini transplant. Yeah, um, they. 
so I, I do want to come back to what would, what do you remember from that experience? Like how, um, you know, to like almost deplete your body of its own immune system sounds horrible. And you said you, you weren't like, you weren't comatose. So you were, you were awake. Yeah. What do you remember much from that experience? I, yeah, I remember like a decent amount. So like a lot of, I, I think like mentally, like my child mind blocked out a lot of the bad memories for sure but like if i look at like certain pictures that i have myself in the hospital like i can feel pain through my entire body and i assume oh. that's what it was like every single day dude fuck for Whoa. like months but like all i remember like the good times when like the nurse would come and like read me a book to sleep or like <laughs> did you look super gnarly like were you you know i feel bald, like i just bald, feel like, yeah oh uh, yeah right like probably white right. as a ghost yeah baggy bags under the eyes that whole thing and then and then after this like so it was two weeks of that and then four weeks and like four weeks yeah and then and then after that they do the bone marrow transplant uh they do it while you're in there and then you're basically getting your immune system back up to par to be allowed out do they have to use one of those like big ass needles to do that they actually so for me they directly injected the needle preemptively before i went into the clean room into my uh chest bone and then another one into my heart directly Leave a bone marrow in your heart? No, th- th- that was for all the blood that they had to transfuse as well. Whoa. Yeah. So the the needle in the chest bone is for the bone marrow. Yeah. And, and that's just, just like like semi-permanently like lodged in there and for the duration gonna, of your stay? Yeah. And they're going to hook it up to put the bone marrow in later. Yeah. What does bone marrow look like? Good qu- I actually have no idea. I feel like it looks like, uh, like, uh, like more clear cum. Oh Jesus! Uh, That's just what I'm picturing. Right. I actually have no idea. I'm picturing more of like a beigey, beigey, like gray. I think uh, that's like soylent, like Jeremy's cum. Oh my God, guys! <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows my cum looks just like coconut water. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. There's nothing wrong with that. Anyway, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, so you had this like this needle jammed in there, and and d- throughout that duration of the four weeks, they're like basically putting new bone marrow in. Yeah, so they. I had a donor. It was actually my brother. Very rare, like Whoa. super rare to have your brother. How old was your brother at the time? He was three, three or four. <laughs> oh, no, he was what? younger. Yeah, oh my God, I was joking. Yeah, no, he was that young. So your parents were like, "You have no say, boy. You're giving up your bone marrow." He'd do it again. I know he would. <laughs> Wait, so he? But he doesn't that's have a good, XLP. That's a good boy. No. Okay, so it's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed. It's, it's a 50-50, basically. Okay. So it's whichever X chromosome you get. Right. Okay. So, yeah. um, hold on, though. Isn't isn't that a little fucked up? Like, am I just, am I crazy in thinking Why is that, that fucked up? Well, I'm sure he consented. It's just you get the four-year-old to consent. You just say, hey, look, you have the chance to save your older brother's life. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's called coercion. Like, okay. <laughs> I actually have no idea. I assume he had some form of consent allowed because, like. He's three. <laughs> you can't, they, they don't even know how to consent like, to, like. Do you want to make your big brother smile? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. Maybe they're like, there's a popsicle at the end of it, and he was super happy about that. And yeah, could the bone marrow transplant have come from somebody else, or was it like, look, your brother's like the the cream of the crop. Like, if you're gonna get a bone marrow transplant, really, like, if we we shouldn't fuck with anyone else but him because it was a perfect match. It's the, okay, okay. Then, it was basically a perfect match. Yeah, and that would that's why we did it. We they so normally you start with your immediate family. And then you continue outwards through. And both pe- your parents are like, well, oh, they look at each other like, those needles are it. pretty big. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing it. Put the kid in. <laughs> they actually tested them first. I've heard it's crazy painful. Well, I was going to say, was that a traumatic, like, was, he's not here, but speaking for your brother, like, do you know if that was a traumatic experience for him? 
I have no idea. Like I was like a, separated from him for that entire period, so I hadn't seen him for like eight months, and like that's something Whoa. he has never brought up in his life, and I've never really asked wow. him because it's wild. Do you mean separated wow. from him? Like you were just always in the hospital, and like he was not really yeah. So we were like the best of little friends, and then we couldn't see each other for basically eight months. Because oh of, man, that's tough. Yeah, especially like like my brother for me at that age was like and still now is like somebody that I like really appreciate just having around all the time. So I couldn't imagine like having that, having your brother taken away from you and like not really being able to spend time with him, Mm -hmm. especially like that time in your life when you're like, like playing with your sibling is like play be all end all your, your whole life is play. Yeah. yeah, like six years old. Really that's all the, you fucking do is play. Was really it tough? Was did you did you go through Aaron? Like, was it challenging being that age? Like, w- I imagine that like going through it, being in the hospital for that long, and also probably your parents were 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 I I assume maybe I'm wrong, but they were concerned about like you know you being out like playing outside and stuff, and and just being. Um, subjected to like the possibility of like the environment and stuff yeah so i'll continue the story and we can kind of get into that so basically afterwards then you go through six months ish in the hospital kind of just like they check you up they make sure you're good they're like well you're obviously not perfect but you're stable you're fine we we, like you've gone through all the tests fine then i was allowed to go home my house had to be like fully clean from top to bottom like like deep scrub. Not like, you know, you go when you're like wake up on a Sunday morning, you're like, I'm going to clean my house. And you're like back in the floor really quickly. And you're like, ah, my house is clean. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, like it was like they like Lysol wiped the entire, like all the walls, like the cracks. Did your parents the like hire fucking like, like forensic cleaners to come over? Or? I'm pretty sure my mom did it. Wow. Yeah. She's Super dedicated. Long. Yeah. Yeah. And YouTube didn't even exist then. That's right. Oh, yeah, like yeah. she had to just figure it she out. She had to go to the she had to go to the library to figure out how to do it. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, and then so after that, like that was like I was allowed to see my brother at that point, um, and like we he, small contact, and he still had to wear a mask for a while. After that, I wasn't like allowed like certain foods for a year because of like just possible infections you can get. So like like raw fish, like sushi, raw, uh, even like McDonald's because there could be contaminants from salmonella from just like cross contamination. So like any outdoor oh. food, like it had to be like solely prepped by my mom. There's like wow. certain like frozen dishes that weren't allowed. Like some of it had to be fresh as well, just so that it could be like optimally. Well, you're fair. eating good. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're eating like prime prime food. Yeah, and we were actually vegetarians beforehand, but then they were like, "He has to have meat because he'll have a, like a, an iron deficiency if he doesn't." Was that just from your mom? A family, a whole family of vegetarians. Yeah, like it was just like an easier way to like live yeah. life. That's what my mom was into. And, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. What happened with school? What happened with school? I mean, you were six years old, so obviously you didn't go to school for that year. Um, what what like how did that play out? Clearly, it didn't affect them. The guy's a fucking math major. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he can. How, do does, how does that work? Come on. <laughs> how did you learn math? Yeah, they took you out of school for one year. You should be dumb. <laughs> just primary. That was like the main foundation year for math. So I, I actually just made it up as I went. And somehow I was right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. My first year actually was homeschooled. So because I wasn't allowed around other kids, right. So I had to stay at home for the full <clears throat> first year. Ooh. I wasn't even really allowed to see friends realistically. Like my, I think my first play date was like almost eight months. After the transplant. Wow. Yeah. And Whoa. so you're like, se- you were six when it happened, so you're like seven-ish when you're starting to like hang out with people? I, uh, I, mean, I was again. actually, so 
I was I turned six on December twenty eighth of that well the year beforehand, and then my transplant was on January seventeenth, so that I would still be six realistically. Mm-hmm. So then I had homeschooling for the first year, and then then I went to North like school like every other kid, but I obviously had like Purell, Kleenex, Purell. Yeah, you were that kid, Purell, yeah, yeah. and more Purell. Yeah, yeah, because like. I wonder if I had any uh, XLP uh, friends that uh, that well, I that I was like, wait, man, why? What's with the what's with the Purell? Probably not because there's uh, there's not a million people in the city. So so you're saying there's a chance? <laughs> yeah. No, there's only two of us in Canada right now. So. <laughs> really? Canada, where's the other one? Uh, Ontario. Okay. So statistically, in Canada, it's actually one in like seventeen point five million. Yeah. Just wait. Just you're rare back, as fuck, dude. Just to come back to this, <laughs> only males can have it. Uh, yes, uh, females like can carry it. F- females can be carriers, but and only like you males can get can... like slight effect. Like so, you could get slightly more sick, but you would never have any major issues. With right. It. Sure. Yeah. What a fuck, man. This is a. This is one of. The, this is one of the fucking craziest things I think I've ever heard on the show. So mm-hmm. it's blowing my mind. So you're you're you get the bone marrow transplant, and is it like, and then you go through this. You know, homeschooled, can't hang out with process. can't hang out with kids. Yeah. Food is like a crazy process, or or it's very specific as to where it has to come from and, and what it is and everything. Are you? Is it like, hey, the bone marrow transplant was successful, and now we've got this period of time afterwards where we've made sure that we're not fucking with him, and he's good, and you're good, or is it like a lifetime of? A very strict monitoring and all that stuff that comes afterwards. So for, okay, so I think like eight years after, for the first three years after I was going almost weekly or mo- like every two weeks to the hospital to get everything checked out, blood, everything, mm-hmm. like full nine yards, doctors, everything. And then after that, it was every month, six months. And right now I'm at a year. Realistically, I should be at five years. But because of my circumstances, I have like close followings for the rest of my life because like, if something does come up, it's better to catch it sooner than... Yeah. When did they figure out they fucked up? Uh, like, was this an immediate thing where they went, um, uh, or, or can, can we I, not, can't really, like, get into that right now? We could, uh, yeah, probably a bad Leave idea. It? Okay. I, yeah. think yeah. I, I think I may have missed this. What exactly was the fuck up? Uh, so they gave him a mini transplant. Yeah, and you're supposed to have a full... It's a, it's a portion, only a, only a portion of the full transplant that he was supposed to have so 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 aaron didn't get the like 100 percent. we're gonna extract all your bone marrow and replace it with new it was like a it was like a a, a half job of that and, but it still worked partially yeah. partially and so, so and so now he's like he's under a fucking microscope because he's the only person in the world to our knowledge who has xlp xlp and who has only had the the like mini transplant, not the full. Okay. Okay. Caught up, up to speed. Okay, great. Um, so, so, but, uh, but can we, can we assume that, um, it was, it was like, I can say it was like pretty soon after, pretty soon after. And like so the, within the first couple of years. Okay. And out. that's when they're going to, that's when they start telling you like, we are going to like, we're just going to keep a little closer eye on you. Uh, they no, they just straight called my mom and told her, and called the, my doctor and told them. And sure. Then they're, okay. they're like, "Well, now we gotta keep." It was pretty obvious from the start because I was in the clean room a lot longer than expected. My Got doctor it. was already pretty fishy. Gotcha. Okay. So it All wasn't. Right, so so it wasn't that there was <laughs> any big. Was it wasn't that there was any big red flags going up? It wasn't like, oh shit, he's 
he's more sick than we thought he would be, and it's because we did this. Or it, because we, was it sort of like that, or was it was it t- kind of it was like they kind of like nothing came up while I was there, but at like I had been more sick and like stayed there longer than I should have. So there were some red flags, but like they're just like oh maybe something just went wrong. But I, like I was on the normal recovery period till we found right, out, right, right. Okay. and then everything. Yeah, and, so we, that, and we'll just and we'll just leave it at that. I, I don't know if you you were I, I was in the bathroom. You were in the bathroom, but like legally, we'll just leave it at that. Like okay. there's probably. We don't need to go any deeper into it. Mm-hmm. You want to hear something interesting though? That that it's a little off off topic, but you might find kind of interesting. <laughs> I had surgery in October. Yeah, and uh, and they removed seventy uh, percent of my my large intestine, and they also removed my gallbladder, which that wasn't um, I wasn't s- signing up for that part of it. Uh, that was just they kind of had to do it in the middle of the surgery. They were like, "Oh shit, we got to look at his gallbladder. It's like it's." Going gangrene in front of us. So now Jeremy's suing them because they took no, it out. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. So, so, so they took the gallbladder out because it was it was fucked. It was like they needed to get rid of it. So when I came out of surgery, uh, we get the like the sort of rundown on what happened. And the doctor, the doctor's like, all right. So we took out seventy percent of his large intestine. It was, it was a lot. We had to take out a lot of it. And also, this crazy thing happened where his his gallbladder, it like it looked gangrene. It was like turning gangrene in front of us when we had to take it out. But, but, so, okay, so that was, that was, what, that was the story we were told. And so I was like, holy fuck, my gallbladder was gangrene. My gallbladder was gangrene. Six weeks later, I go back to do like a follow-up with the surgeon. And me and her sit down. It's just her and I in the room. And, uh, I, you know, she's telling me all about the procedure and, and what, uh, what happened and, and, you know, what I should expect for, like, recovery. And I was like, hey, hey, tell me about the, tell me about the, why did, like, how, how did my gallbladder go gangrene? And she was like, her, like, tone changed. And she kind of sits up and she's like, well, so what happened was I actually, uh, I was clamping on to your, your gallbladder because, uh, you know, we, there's a lot of stuff in there. We got to move things around. And um, I guess what happened was I clamped a little too hard and it tore your gallbladder is basically like an onion, just layers and layers. And so I, I, I didn't tear the outside layer. I tore a layer inside. And so the bile within your gallbladder started to seep out of that tear and sort of fill just underneath, underneath the outer layer. So your, your gallbladder just started to basically turn green in front of us. And I called down the, um, like a specialist, a gallbladder specialist. And they came down looked at it and was like, this thing's fucked. You got to take it out. A specialist on an organ that we don't need. Yeah, I guess so. Fascinating. I guess, or I mean, I'm sure like they also specialize in like a number of or- organs within that like area or like similar organs. But anyway, she was like, I don't know. I need some, I need second eyes on this. And the second eyes were like, nope, got to take it out. And when she told me, I remember, like, part of me was kind of like, ooh, should you have told me that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like you just admitted to a crime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, I was, no, you signed the paper. But at the same time, I was like, I just wanted to high five her to be like, dude, fucking rad story. And thanks for t- thanks for being honest with me. Um, I didn't need it anyway, so it's all. You good. really do. I really don't fucking need it, so it's all good. Um, and then uh, you know, I was on my way. But I also, I just there was a part of that like conversation that made me kind of go, "Am I? 
in a position to do something. You know what? She, <laughs> she probably said that to you because she, she rightfully so risky, risky move, but rightfully so read you and went, he'll be fine with this. Oh, but yeah, I mean, sure. you say that to the wrong person. Oh yeah. And that is a show. Sick boy podcast. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you got your podcasts. All right, so here's a good right. place to cut back into XLP. Um, where were we? Good question. Um, we were talking about uh, we were talking about bone marrow transplants. Uh, we we basically finished off with um, we were talking about the mini transplant. Oh right, 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 right. I had said so. I was asking when did they figure out that they they fucked up. Um, so you. You are now, you're now like one year out, you're getting checked. Um, how, because you d- got the mini transplant, how close have you been? Like how many close calls have you had? Let's say, let's say, let's say you had the full transplant. Yeah. Are you like are, those people? Are they just kind of in the clear? You're like, Hey, I'm good to go. I just got XLP, but like whatever. All right. Let's, let's, so if you get a full transplant, you have some so because I didn't get all the chemotherapy, I actually had less graft versus host issues. Like I didn't really have any, which is pretty common when you get a full transplant. Right. And that's a bad thing. Very bad. Yeah. It basically can completely negate the transplant. You need another one. Sure. So right. I, I didn't have any of those and I had like less other like issues with other organs as well, which was good. Uh, yes. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, but comparatively immune wise, I'm, very different, so I've had to be careful. So, like, remember when we had H one N one that huge outbreak? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like a month and a half out of school. Like, I was not allowed to go to school, not allowed to go around anybody else until the vaccine got here. I had to then go to like the first clinic that offered it. Like, we were first in line. Like, we got there at like five o'clock in the morning. Like, and like the, they're dropping the iPhone ten, and you're just like, I'm, I'm getting. Ba- that yeah, except for H one N one. Yeah, right. <laughs> vaccine, which and not is, because you were sick, but because it was just, it was like, yo, this is potent. This could potentially kill you. So we're just gonna. Precaution. Yeah, to school. I mean, we, you don't even know if it would actually kill me for sure, but it's better to right, be safe. Better be than safe sorry. than sorry. Yeah. yeah. And right. so then, uh, like I was always full masks and everything. I've had <laughs> uh, like a couple cancer scares from just things that come up. Like every because like having that much chemotherapy anyway, even if it was not a full dose, it's still like a higher rate for cancer. Oh, in really? General. Yeah. God, what's how a, how what's a, what's a ironic cancer, is that? What's a cancer scare look like? So basically, I had a. Uh, um, a What's the word for it? A mass? No, uh, an ulcer in my stomach. Oh, there yeah. There we go. Okay. There's the word. And at first we weren't sure what it was, and I started like basically pass out almost from the pain. And we go to the hospital, and they're like, oh, that definitely could be cancerous. Like just from the ultrasound, it looks like it's getting there. Uh, and then they, we had to do like a full endoscopy in both ends just to check it out. And they looked at it, and it actually just had... Um, so I had I had had mono before this point. You had I've had mono, yes. 
also one of the first cases to know that had mono without having a full immune system and and survived. got through it. Yeah. Well, did you did it super fuck you up? Uh, actually, no. I trained through it. Right, because you're you're an athlete. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I tra- how old were you when you got it? Oh gosh, I think seventeen or eighteen, sixteen, seventeen, or eighteen. Standard kissing age. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Standard spit swapping stages. Actually, I got it at a Florida camp. So really, oh, yeah, definitely <laughs> kissing stages. Yeah. Age, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Lots of kissing going on down there. Yeah. So and but were you knowing like knowing that when people get mono uh, when they have XLP and, and and they die, like were you worried? I was horrified. Like the second I found out, I was beyond scared. Yeah, your parents must have been shitting their pants too. Oh yeah, I can't even imagine what they were like and. Basically, so like, I'd been training for two months after actually contracting it, and we didn't know. I was just extra tired, and they're like, "Ah, oh, whatever." He's drinking four cups of coffee a day. He just must be training really hard and having a hard time paying attention at school. And we go for my usual blood check, and like, I am in the next day, which never happens. That means something's bad. Yeah. And he like sits us down. He's like, "He's got mono. We're gonna do further testing to see how far along he is, and see what we can do." Because that's what they're supposed to do. Because mm. normally it's three to five days, and you're just off the face of the planet forever. Mm. And apparently, Jesus. I I'd been like two months along at this point, so that's good. And, right. But they, ne- I have, I I've never technically fully cleared it either. Cleared mono. Yeah. So well, like, don't you always have like once you get it, it's always in. Your it's system. always in your system, but I've had like like actual like repeaks of it coming oh. back. Yeah. Holy fuck! Is that's that common in like the in the plebes? Like the normal? It can be, but like. Not as like it's very rare, rare again to have that happen. Like some people like can actually just stay tired for the Dude, rest of the life. You are like the rarest thing. You're mega ever. rare. Yeah, yeah. Is there a um? And with cancer, is there like a because you've had su- such an extreme dosage of of chemo? Yeah. Like if you were, let's say, to get cancer. Are you, it? Are they like? Well, we can't give you any more chemo because we've given you so much already that. Because I know that that's a thing with people who have mm. had multiple bouts of cancer. Mm. After a certain point, they just can't have chemo anymore because it's like you just can't handle it. Because of your immune system, basically, because it just wrecks your immune system. Basically, I just have to go straight through another full transplant if I get cancer. That's wow. why it's like so scary. Because like, they're like, your, uh, the, your immune system as it stands, well, we just need, we just need to like totally yeah. renovate your immune system yeah. so in order a, for you to get Like this. something I could have a surgery and get a tumor removed. Go for that option first, right. but if I had to, it would be like just basically it would be like treating the cancer and that because you'd also have to do chemo to kill the immune system to get the transplant. Yeah, so if I did the chemo to do to kill the cancer, it could it would kill my immune system and it could kill it to a point where I'm like not sustainable anymore and I'd mm-hmm. have to get the so they would just basically opt right. to do them. God damn. Yeah, it's intense. Yeah. Super fucking crazy. Like, so that's why it's been, like, scary as hell when they're like, yeah, you're going to be cancer. Like, we are, like, I'm on, like, high mode. Like, what if? Like, I'm mm-hmm. just don't even know what to do at that point. Does that fuck with you? Oh, yeah. I've had, like, <coughs> definitely some serious anxiety through my entire life because of this. Because, like, how do, you, how do you wake up in the morning and be like, man, I'm the only person. But then I'm also like, that's still pretty cool. And, like, I might as well make the most of my time. Because, mm-hmm. like just sitting there every day in your bed being like, oh, man, I'm the only person like this. Like, I have no idea what's going to happen. It's, like, better to at least enjoy it than mm-hmm. sit around moping all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find that you have any, uh, like, <coughs> tendencies towards, like, 
being like uh, like germaphobic or anything like that to to protect your immune system? Yeah, surprisingly, not really. So like, I obviously don't share food like with people I don't know. But if I've been like friends with them for a long time, and I can like I know most of like the big things I'd be worried about are like mono, like another herpes virus, mm. and some other stuff. So like, if I know they're not having that, I'll be like a little bit more lenient. But like generally, yeah, I don't share food. Like I will like. If someone's like obviously sick, so like my professor, remember that big outbreak of something at Dalhousie last year? Okay. Uh, my <laughs> professor was actually from Dalhousie, and I didn't. My I think it was, was it measles, mumps, rubella, something like that. Measles, mumps, and rubella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. didn't have my booster up to date because also because of this, my boosters like run out ten times quicker than the average person. So it's like I, I can I've had like th- which are usually like ten years or something like yeah that. I've had like two or three since then already, yeah. which is a lot. Uh, so I had to, I had to like basically go into the school and be like, "Yo, you guys didn't know this, but I am sick and I can't do write the exam with this person because if I get that, I could basically die." And yeah. they're like, "Well, okay, I automatic A. All right, you pass." <laughs> You're like, "Sweet." Yeah. So like, I, I do like, and I avoid sick people stuff. So I'm like, see someone like you know hurling throw up everywhere or like obviously really sick on the side of the road. I'm not going to just go up and be like, "Oh, hey, can I help you?" I'm gonna be like, "Sorry, but there are lots of healthy people mm-hmm. that could help you mm-hmm. right now." Mm-hmm. Crazy. So what? you, I mean, you've got a lot of like, pr- you've got a lot of like mini protections in place. Like there's, there's just like tons of, I mean, you just live your life in a, in a, in a, in a different way. Does that, does that seem like in, in really like subtly different ways, but do, do, do you notice that or is it, it's like your existence, right? Because you've been, yeah. it's like you're, that's, you've, you've been like that forever. I'd say the biggest time I know, like, I don't notice it as much anymore. Cause like mm-hmm. most people my age aren't like out of their mind crazy, like teenagers. But when I was a teenager, like drinking was zero tolerance like they didn't know what alcohol like a large amount of alcohol would do to me like if i had like there are liver issues generally that come from chemotherapy and they weren't sure where my liver was at right so that's not allowed smoking instantly increases cancer that i already have high cancer risks even like recreational stuff was just yeah. way out the door so like i wasn't able to like you know go out and be like so no drinking, uh, no smoking, no weed. I don't know, man. Sounds like your parents are giving you a little bit of the church treatment. You know, like uh, <laughs> I wish it was my parents. It was the doctors. Like they were like, like, "Come on, son." Every time it would be, I'd come in and they'd be like, yeah, "Have you done any of this? Any of this? Any of this? Any of this?" Because if you did, we need to check this, check this, check this. Doesn't like you'd be. Is like, that was and is that has that been like? Do you drink now? Like, can you have like? I can have like a if beer. I poured you, if I poured you a glass of uh, JP Weisers, like, could you uh, old fashioned uh, drink that they're currently sponsoring this podcast? <laughs> I mean, they yeah. they won't be sponsoring it maybe like a year from now. But anyway, Jay, this podcast is brought to you by Jay. <laughs> uh, but if I poured you a little glass of like whiskey. Could yeah, you, oh yeah, I can, I can have drink. a small amount right now. Right, so right. I've we've like been like okay, I've been fine for long enough. Like. Let's try it because right. I can't just live my life in a bubble forever. Right. So like I can drink like a beer or two now, but like but, I'd never go. Like, and if I like you know had like a uh, I don't know like a MDMA anal suppository, like could you stick mm-hmm. it up your butt and like have just like rave party time or no? Probably not. Got it. So got what it, do you? So it. I mean, not that not that you have to have had this experience because it's it's just a social it's a social expectation that that's been placed on it. But you've so you've never been drunk. No. And so, and so having never been drunk, I mean, just, uh, I'm just thinking about my experience. Oh my God. Baby just had a big sneezing. Like my experience as a teenager, if, like, what was that like with friends that drink and, and, and being, like, was that okay? Was that just like, oh, I just don't drink and they, my friends know why I don't drink and, and it's fine. Or did it ever 
did you ever want to get rebellious and be like, fuck this, this is shitty, and I don't, I don't, I don't want this shit, and I want to drink and whatever that sort of stuff, like rebellious. So let's let's start out like I didn't tell many people. Mm-hmm. Like they were only close friends, like really close friends. Like maybe seven people knew at this point in my life, okay, including my family like members. Teenage years, you mean? Yeah. So yeah. like nobody knew. So I'm not going to just be like. So I just be like, yeah, I can't drink because. I'd make up some ter- terrible excuse, obviously. Because, right. okay, yeah, like, yeah. what are you going to do as a teenager? You're not good at making up excuses. Yeah, they're you're like, terrible. I'm pregnant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> so, like, I never, like, and, like, going out to a party at that age and not drinking is horrible. It's yeah. a terrible experience because, like, everybody is doing te- really yeah. s- stupid things and yeah. you're just watching them. You're like, well, this isn't really any fun to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, yeah, I did definitely want to rebel at some points, but I always thought about it and I'm like, is it worth the risk to just have one night of fun and mm-hmm. I was always like no yeah because it's not I've, that's incredibly I've, intelligent I've always fought so hard to like be where I am today I'm not going to just throw it away to you know go have fun with my friends for one night yeah mm-hmm. so it's this so and, and does it does it feel does it feel like it's sort of this um, I mean when you put it that way and when you say like is it worth is it worth that that one night of fun it almost sounds like it's like a goal like that's how I would that's how I would sort of frame a goal if I want to get somewhere and I'm thinking of this thing, it's like, well, is it worth doing this thing just for this like short term satisfaction, even though it's going to detract me from my goal? I mean, your goal in your case is like being alive. Yeah. Um, so it's a pretty big one. Um, but it, it's, it kind of sounds to me like that. So do you feel do you feel like although you are you're used to it because you've been dealing with it since you were a young child, do you feel like it sort of follows you around and, and on on this sort of like low conscious level it like it's informing like your decisions on a day-to-day basis and like and from moment to moment or hour to hourly like when you are when you think about the things that you're going to do the places where you're going to go the people that you're going to see i mean it, it's got to be influencing you in this way whether that's conscious or subconscious do you feel that oh yeah definitely subconscious like even if i don't want it to it influences certain things because like I obviously worry about things that other people wouldn't, so I won't go to certain places for s- certain reasons. So, like when I was a kid and I had just learned about it, my like biggest fear was being away from a hospital because mm-hmm. like that's where I've always found safety with this, right? Right, like being like being far away. Yeah, so like if I were like to like go and drive out to like I don't know Wentworth, like the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. I'd be like extremely uncomfortable because of like what if something does happen? Even yeah. though it's obviously. Not like it's not like warranted because like I'm nothing that's actually going to happen can affect me instantly, especially with my disease. Right. But like it's just a fear that you have. And like there's obviously other things I like decide not to do. So like I guess I theoretically wouldn't date someone with cold sores probably. Right. Because I don't I can't take that risk. right? Right. I did date someone with cold sores, though, so. Like I wouldn't you do have, it again. Yeah, I wouldn't do it again. It was a bad decision. Yeah. Sometimes was, you don't know. Like sometimes like you could you could, you know become attracted to a person and and at the time they don't have cold sores and and you start dating and you know like a month and a half down the road there's they have a flare up or whatever and then all of a sudden you're faced with that that challenge of like okay well this is like could be very bad for my health and could end my life or you know like I could be with this person that I'm falling in love with like like for me I've a challenge been- I've been always super open mm-hmm. with whoever I'm going to date, like, at, well, any serious relationship, obviously. So, like, 
the girlfriend that did have cold sores, I was like, yeah, you know, we can work around this. And we did. And it was actually great. Like super supportive. You just kissed like all around her mouth, but never on, like right on it. <laughs> if she had a cold sore, it was like six months of, I mean, six weeks of just nothing. Right. But like, that's whatever. That's a price to pay. Right. Right. And like the person I'm dating right now, she knew, like we dated for a week and I was like, do I, do I do like the wait a while, see where this goes kind of thing? Or do I just tell her off the bat so she doesn't get too far into this and then be like, wow, this is like way too much for me. So I just like sat her down and I'm like, you know what, this is going to be a lot, but I'd rather you know yeah. now. Cause it kind of strikes me as something that like, obviously the consequences are really intense, Yeah, but the sort of, the sort of like precautions that you have to take are just like, are, are pretty reasonable. Like it's, it's. It's, yeah, it's, it's not it's, crazy. It's, it's or not like it's not crazy. The things that you need to, the kind of the little checks and balances that you need to put in place. It's just that the 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 consequence is bad. Yeah, but like it's pretty easy. If like I, like I sat her down and I explained it, and she's like, yeah, totally. Yeah, like I'm cool with that. Like I understand. I'll be with you with you like there the whole way. Like she was actually going to come tonight, but I wasn't sure if you guys mm-hmm. were. We hate women, so it's good that you didn't bring her. I also was like, yeah. I love women. All right, uh, I didn't, I I didn't know how nervous I would be beforehand, yeah. and like how much that would bug her. Because like when I get nervous, I get really quiet. Yeah, and she can just instantly tell, and she's like, "Are you nervous?" And I'm just like, "Oh man, I hate it when people ask." And them, now yeah. you're nervous. Yeah, and now you're more nervous. Yeah. So, you know, do you? Um, what was it? What was it like? Not. Um, what was it like? Not. How did you feel? Is it not divulging this to people? Like, did that? Did did that? Was there anything like that, that happened as a result of that, or did you did you feel like was that a, was that a choice out of shame? Like, what was the what was the reason for that? Because I used to, I used to hide the fact that I had CF. Yeah, I know. I actually listened to your podcast. Yeah, about you specifically yeah, before yeah. I came here. And so and so and and that was mostly it was like a shame thing. And it was like I don't want to, I don't want people to think that I'm different, and like I definitely don't want people to see me taking my meds and like that kind of stuff. Was that were you in the same kind of boat there or? Yeah, I was in the exact same, but I just didn't want to be able to see, like, I wanted to be, for the longest time, I wanted to be, like, a normal person, right? Yeah. Now, at this age, I'm like, it's kind of cool to be rare, right? But, like, absolutely. when I was, like, like, a kid, that was the worst thing ever. Like, I didn't want to be, like, not a normal person. So, like, there was a large part of it that was that. And then once, as I got older through my teenage years, I'm just like, do I want people to look at me differently? Because it is, like, a, it's a big difference. Like, I remember, like, the first time one of my coaches that I paddled for, like with found out he like was mind blown and super worried all the time. And after that, huh. I was like, well, interesting. Could you keep that on the lowdown and not tell anybody else? Right, we'll just, right. we'll just stop it there. And like, realistically, nobody in my life knows besides like people that are really close to me. Right. Like a lot of people who <laughs> just know me and like would be like acquaintances <laughs> or friends don't really know this. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are just gonna be like watching this, like listening to this podcast and be like, Wait, what? Oh wow! Yeah. When, how, how do you think you're gonna you're gonna react when? Because because you will have people reach out and be like, "Dude, what the fuck?" Oh, I know that. You know, yeah, like, yeah. What, how do you? Where are you? How do you feel about that? Like for me, this this big like why I decided to start talking about it is like I want to like bring awareness to it. Like none of you guys knew about it, and you guys do sick boy podcasts. Like realistically, I mean, we've yeah. had we've had 151 episodes come out and that and 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 we've had far more conversations than that and this is dude a never heard of this and b 
blow like blowing my mind dude uh, we've literally not only have like we we also have 800 applications from people and i've never seen anybody apply with xlp and also i've never heard of that in my life like besides this podcast and like just being alive i've never heard of this thing there's actually a website that I think I linked to you guys when I applied. Obviously, you did. yeah. yeah. Um, that has like most of the contacts I know of in the world right now, and I think it's got eight or ten stories in total. So, like, that is so crazy. Like, you guys are an alien. Like, it, it's it's so it's so crazy. Yeah, we're we're that like how wild. rare it is. Yeah, we're so rare, and like everybody has their own different story, and like yeah, how they deal with it. Like, I guess so. Getting into that kind of side of things, the oldest person as of right now to like common knowledge was 42 to like who has it yeah like alive now or ever or has ever lived. yeah right. ever yeah <clears throat> it, this this 42? was this was this disease was only found like 25 27 like maybe 30 40 years ago and really only started to be like treated like less the less time than that so so, so everyone else the, the, is this guy alive right now 47 uh, 42, and no, 42. he actually passed away like a few years ago. Because of XLP? Yeah. Oh, you, holy shit. You know what's okay, crazy, wow. though? Wow. You, you mentioned your Hungarian doctor who like was kind of like studying this yeah. or knew about it before, yeah. and then he ended up like treating you here or like diagnose, diagnosing you here. Like, isn't it crazy that this guy from Hungary comes over here, this is a one in a million disease, and he ends up in Halifax with going, like one yeah. of the two guys yeah. in Canada who has this disease. And going, oh, I've seen this. At one point, there was four of us that I know of. So actually, both my uncles and my family had it. Obviously, there's only two of like so. It's me and they passed away. Yeah, both of them passed away. Right. So yeah. my uncle, his name, uh, well, actually, we'll leave his name out just because why not? Uh, anonymity. Uh, he uh, was uh, actually around my age. When he got it, but this was way before they really knew what was going on, right? And he got mono, and then about three or five days later, he was just kaput, like gone. Five days later, died. Yeah, nobody knew what happened. Like it was just like it was blew everybody's mind. Um, and so they kept some of his cells actually to like test it if something ever came up in the family, right? That was genetic or something that might lead to it. Then when I was diagnosed, my other uncle got like tested, and then his cells got tested. He was confirmed for it. My uncle actually had a transplant. With one of my my mother's aunt, so my great aunt, I think that's what she'd be. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And uh, so she got she gave him the bone marrow transplant. He had like severe graft versus host, though. And Oof. in the end, that's what like that's what took him. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, dude, how do you crazy? Man, how do you so how do you feel about death? Yeah, I like it doesn't really like it's an inevitability. And I guess like mm-hmm. after thinking about it for years, like when I was younger, it definitely scared the hell out of me. Like it was just like and it still scares me. Obviously, like, I don't want to die, but I'm like more like might as well just live and worry about that when it happens kind of thing. than yeah, mm-hmm. worry about it every day and be like this, like let it control my life. I hear mm-hmm. you. I can. And and like we talk a, a, a lot about death and like there's moments where like I can really think about it and I'm scared as fuck. And then there's other moments where I'm like, you know, I'm doing the best job I can right now to live the best life that I can. Yeah. So if I die, I'll be okay with that. But it's like it's easy to kind of switch those filters and look at it for me in those two different lights. I'm the exact same way. Like there's some days like I'm reaching the age, like the oldest age of my right, family. Yeah. So my other, well, both my uncles are about 24. So like I'm getting there, right? I'm 22 right now. So like that, 
even though I like, there's no warranted reason to be scared about that. I'm scared as hell. It's in the back right. of your mind. Yeah. Ooh. Are you? But it, it, is there a part of you that's also like, "Fuck this! I'm gonna I'm gonna live to be quote unquote old age." Yeah, I I want to. Like, man, I'm gonna work my ass off. Like, if there's like some new research that comes out, like I don't know, some genetic manipulation that they can do CRISPR. Right. Yeah, 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 crazy yeah. stuff going that, on. But that currently, there's a lot of issues with that as well. But like something like that, like that's just a good example uh, of what could uh, work. And um, so, like, yeah, I, I'm always going to just keep fighting to try to be the oldest because why not? Like, that's a, may as well just add to the rare books, right? Yeah. Dude, have you have you heard of? Uh, so I, I did uh, actually do a quick Google search of XLP when I was um, when I knew that we were going to be talking to you, and there was this link that came up. And uh, it says cure of X-linked uh, lymphoproliferative disease with allogenic, allogenic hematopoietic mm. stem cell transplant stem cell mm. transplantation. Aloe vera transplant. Uh, so basically, you have to. From my understanding, this is not fully doctors, obviously, but from my understanding, you have to know in advance that your child is going to have this. Keep their. Um, uh, Tube that goes to mother. I don't remember what that's called. Uh, the um, fallopian tube, the belly Fallopi- button, the fallopian belly button tube. thing. Yeah, the, uh, actually, I don't think it's fallopian no, tube. No, what's it's, the, uh, it's the umbilical, uh, umbilical, umbilical cord. cord? There we go, umbilical cord. Yeah. How could we not all know that? Yeah, that was too slow. <laughs> yeah, uh, the the umbilical the belly cord. Belly button high, and then freeze that until you get the symptoms, and then do that. And they didn't know when I was a kid, right? So there was no Whoa. for for so what, can, for what reason? Cure it? Yeah, because the cells in there are actually fine because it's still partially your mom and you, Whoa. so you can get some of her cells and they're like close Whoa, enough. Whoa, that's trippy. It's really trippy. I mean, that's just a reason to just like save them all, right? Yeah, I just wish I had saved mine for right? like <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, dude, yeah. isn't it crazy though? And like, I'm. I think the one uh, thing that always blows my mind when we have conversations with people on this podcast is is that people figured out the things that we know. Oh it's my God, crazy. dude. It's, it's so wild. Uh, all of it. I mean, think you, you could say that for anything. I know. How did, they, how did they realize how to take marrow out and put it in? Dude, how did they realize that the gland, the butt glands of a beaver tastes, is, like, tastes vanilla. like vanilla? Dude. I don't want to know the answer to that question. <laughs> Neither do I, I, man. I figured it out pretty and I, organically, and I, and I think I know why. Yeah. And I don't. And I don't think that it's okay to talk about it on this podcast. Is it all right <laughs> if I take over for like two minutes, though, just to like take talk over, about man, yeah, take, I, like, take the reins. The big thing that I've always found, like, because like this hasn't come up as a question, I didn't know if it would. That's like been the hardest for me my entire life is not having somebody to talk. To yeah, because in you're you're, in, you're yeah you're alone. Yeah, and like some oh, people just don't want to like there there. I find there are two minds in the like medical like people who are sick. Yeah, they either just blatantly ignore it and just go along with the flow and pretend they don't have it at all. Yep, or they're extremely open about it. Yeah, or they're like kind, they're open about it mentally, but they're not open about it like with everybody else. And some people that's just how some people are. Yeah, and everybody I have contacted is either like still like really sick and like doesn't have the time and like still needs to focus on themselves or just doesn't want to talk about it mm-hmm. or the I, there's actually a family called the Hartley family in the UK and I I went over there for the Olympic war canoe it was a demonstration we did and I was actually going to go talk to them but they wanted to make it public and at that point in my life I was like don't want anybody else to know like they wanted like like media news and, stuff. and everything like like yeah like right. we meet in person of course, and everything uh, of course yeah that yeah, sucks yeah. Which is possibly a plan in the future. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I've like obviously contacted them because that's the website that I posted 
my story too. So yeah, but like that's like the biggest thing for me. Like trying to even like like I've reached out to like hundreds of well not hundreds but a lot of societies and been like, hey, do you guys think I fit in this subgroup of people? And they're like, I, I, we don't know if we can let you in because like you don't really fit the like I've had cancer, I've had this issue, I've had this that yeah. issue. Like I uh, what was that? Young Adults with Cancer Canada or something, the one that like does the podcast in Newfoundland every year. Yeah. Yeah, I reached out to yep. see if I could fit in that category. I don't <laughs> yeah. like I've reached out to like the Hematology Canada group. What about like what about like rare disease forms? Or you know, like I know that there's a few online communities that exist that like just focus in on on rare diseases themselves yeah i've actually looked into a lot of them but like they're still like even like I, i'm like they're like dude you're too rare i don't even that it's like i'm looking for like the kind of the same like they went through the same experience like i can yeah like yeah like uh, if someone had like a disease where their skin falls off like we didn't both go through chemotherapy like we mm-hmm. can't really understand each other sure. but if someone's like yo i went through this all this chemotherapy i've had to like avoid all these things in my life it kind of like it's easier to connect you know what i mean yeah it's funny because like in in my in my situation like i i always found that the like connecting with people who live with it mostly which is has to be like through online now because we're not we're not allowed to like hang out with each other in in in, in person or at least we're tr- we're supposed to limit that as much as possible um I've always found that like online forums and stuff were like really negative, and so I just like always avoided it. But, but also wasn't like as a as an adult, you know. After I got through those weird teen years, like I, w- I was never really one to shy away from it and like ignore the fact that I have it and n- not talk about it. Always willing to talk about it, but like just found the the negativity of people, you know, sharing their experiences and 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 really being down on themselves and down on the, their situation and. And like yeah. that to me, I was like, "Oh fuck this, man! This is not healthy for me. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't want to be a part of that." So I always kind of avoided it. My mom's actually was in the same situation. They ran a website where they could people could contact them, and that got to her after a point. Like she just couldn't. Yeah, all the sad stories and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot to it's a lot to handle. But also there is there is this like there is this this. And I think that, that that in starting this podcast, I've I've found a lot of this in in, in e- e- even not talking to people with CF, but just talking to people who live with chronic illness. Like there is this uh, relief or like sense of of uh, like release of weight. There's a commonality that yeah. runs through everyone's story, regardless of what yeah. of what the of what the illness or yeah. the where the where the story is. There's a there's a a common thread through that. Yeah. Yeah. Man, fucking what a what a wild what a wild thing that yeah. you've that you've gone through and that you're going through. Yeah, it's honestly probably one of the craziest things I've ever heard of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's you. Yeah, no. Isn't that crazy? It is. Dude, uh, is there is there anything else that you wanted to add? Because I know that like this is gonna like like you said, this is gonna go to people kind of like who, a coming who, out who party. don't really like yeah, who don't <laughs> yeah, really like yeah. don't really know this story, but is there anything else that like you want to say specifically to those people, perhaps? Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. it, though. I just want to say surprise. Surprise, <laughs> motherfuckers. You know what's really funny is, like, when we when we put these episodes out, um, uh, like, say we do diabetes. Dude, everyone has diabetes, right? Like, it's just... It's such, yeah, it's dude, such everyone. A, like, it's, such a, it's such a not rare disease. Like, there's a lot of people who suffer from it. So when we put out a diabetes episode, it, it you know, it gets, like, it gets... 
shared and sent through all the different diabetes channels and and like tons of people with diabetes come in and listen to the podcast. And you can see like, oh yeah, we've done it. We've done a, a mental health episode. So many people are listening because like mental health is so prevalent and such an issue. Dude, XLP, we put this episode out, there's going to be like four people that listen. Because <laughs> they're like, no <laughs> one can relate. Yeah, yeah. Um, We're uh, like, Jesus, we, this is what it's all about. We, we literally <laughs> did. I think we might have done possibly the most common and the most rare, well, the most at, at least the most rare that we've ever done, uh, illnesses or slash diseases that exist. Earlier tonight, we did oh, yeah. obesity right, right before yeah. you. Right which, before you, yeah. we which had I, someone in to talk about Which obesity. I think is one in two, at least in the U.S. Holy fuck. I believe is one in two, or is like, or is one in three, but believed to be one in two in like the next 20 years. And what was yours? Like XL, uh, XLP1 is one, one in one million. million. Yeah. <laughs> and only in boys, so. Only in men. Man, that makes it even more. That is just... That, what the fuck is this, man? Yeah. This is such a crazy thing. Yeah. Where do we know where it comes from? Like, do we know why? It's a. It's, it's basically it's a genetic defect. So it starts in some family member, and then it kind of just works its way through. But Whoa. have you heard of anything of like where that genetic defect might have like originated? Aliens with, with CF. Yeah, with probably. CF, yeah, you're right. They aliens. think that it was a. It was basically um, a way for people to to combat uh, dying from cholera. So so if you have CF, you can't cholera it doesn't affect you. If you if you're a carrier of CF, cholera is not really going to affect you nearly as bad as it would affect someone who didn't isn't a carrier. So they're, they so they think they genetically they think that it was like an evolutionary thing of 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 <laughs> it it became prevalent CF became prevalent as a as a Defense a mechanism, bio, a biological defense mechanism against cholera. The body's just like, you know, we don't really want cholera, so fuck our lungs and pancreas. And they're like, yeah, and they're like oops. Honest to God, that is it, which is super right. fucking fascinating. But I'm, I'm guessing we're so early on that. Yeah, the research is like so minimal. Like, there's such like little research that I don't. There think- probably is something which would be fascinating if it if it comes out one day yeah. because like that's mutations happen for a reason. Yeah, obviously. So, so um, I'm just wondering yeah. what it would be because like yeah. obviously it's not mono. No, no. Unless the body was just like yeah, let's just take ourselves out with mono. Yeah. For <laughs> like it'd be very interesting. Like you know, imagine if like 20 years from now, after a bunch of research is done, you find out like you can't get. AIDS, whatever, yeah, right. right? Like something that everyone that that Actually, the rest AIDS, of the population AIDS would fuck you up, bad. AIDS, would, <laughs> yeah. AIDS, yeah. Considering it's like a deadly <laughs> autoimmune disease, <laughs> yeah. for sure, yeah. double uh, autoimmune disease. I don't think that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be crazy to find <laughs> out. I, 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 I imagine that that it does serve some. But some you purpose. can't get the black lung. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I got the black lung, yeah. pop. Well, I'm just hoping that starting this now and like starting to like bring awareness to it might like you know bring some research funds like people might actually start talking yeah. about it someday and well like, that's the tough yeah. thing about rare diseases is that when nobody has it nobody, nobody funds nobody it funds. Yeah. nobody funds yeah. the research so that's the tough thing yeah um, oh, you yeah. know we were talking to this girl who has this thing uh called Pompe's disease and it's like one in forty thousand, which is considered rare. I think it was like anything above one in thirty thousand is considered rare or something like that. I yeah can't, yeah it was something it was some like number that. like that. And uh and so she was like well yeah there's not a whole lot of funding that goes into it because there's like 40 people in Canada that have or some whatever the number was. And, uh, and so, you know, it just doesn't get funded. So, I mean, I hope for some, you know, you might be waiting a while for some answers. <laughs> Probably. They actually do, uh, one last quick note, uh, they actually do teach it at schools, though. 
Interesting. Really? Like, so like uh, medical school? Or? Yeah. So right. Dal teaches it. Right. But I think that might just be because... Because you, you live here? And the guy who treated me is actually a prof- right, right, professor right, there. So right, it makes sense. But like, sure. like I told a friend who went to Dallas, she's like, yeah, I've already heard about that. And I'm like, wait, what? Really? That's like That was the first time in my entire life. That was weird to me. I was like, you heard about that? Must have felt good. It was, yeah. It to was be actually, like, it, it, what do you know? Yeah. And then, Here's what I know. And then she told me everything. I'm like, I already don't know that. But like, yeah, right, sure. I expect that much from a, like 16 years of knowing about it. Like yeah. you kind of just like. <laughs> Learn, try to learn everything, even yeah. though I still know less than my mom. And I'm going to add one thing on the side of my mom. Shout out to my mom for being like the best mom through this entire like procedure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and my the rest of my family. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. What's your sorry? What's your mom's um uh like like what's job she like? or education? <laughs> like she's background? actually a vet. Okay. Yeah. So she probably has like some level of like uh, medical knowledge and like like things that maybe transition mm-hmm. from the yeah, from man, the that's her doctor's. Yeah. The, What's her yeah. temperament like? Depends. Okay. But uh, she have a sense of humor. Oh yeah, yeah. She's okay. got a good sense right. of humor. Inside joke that only like a <laughs> fucking small fraction of sick boy listeners. All right, that's it for today. I'm Brian. <laughs> uh, well, Aaron, man, I, I gotta say thank you so much for coming in and uh, and dropping some XLP knowledge on us because this yeah. was uh, this was fascinating. Absolutely. And hopefully, some people reach out after they listen to this and uh, connect with you, and you can start your own little XLP community. Yeah, little XLP Facebook group of yeah. four. <laughs> Potentially more. Facebook's smallest group. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Thanks for coming in, dude. Well, pleasure being here, guys. Thanks. Yeah. And thank you all so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back next week with another, probably not as fascinating episode. I got to say, it's <laughs> all downhill from <laughs> it's here. It's all downhill from here. Um, but in the meantime, please, please, please head on over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, as they like to call it, and uh, leave us a review and give us a rating and hit the subscribe button. Uh, it just helps us stay on the iTunes charts, and uh, and so more people can hear these conversations and be you know in the know of of rare diseases like Aaron's. Mm-hmm. And if you want to uh, take another minute and go over to patreon.com slash sickboy, you can do that and help us out. We use all the money to fund extravagant trips and luxurious items, materialistic things. Nope. And it's just like a lot of fun for the three of us to do that. We like nope. to go shopping together. We like to get nice clothes. We like to buy money shirts, which we have to do soon. No. So if you could go fund that for us, that'd be really great. We'd really appreciate it. We love you. We also use that money to pay Donovan the Meerkat Morgan. Uh, so thank you so much for uh, uh, <laughs> that uh, paying is true. for him to <laughs> add the uh, ching sounds in uh, sporadically in the last two minutes. Oh, God. Uh, I really appreciate that. Would it be a copyright infringement to, to put the money, 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 money sound in there? It might. He just does, probably he, just did it anyway. Yeah, he probably just did it in some fucking trickery way. Cool. All right, and uh, thanks to Take Part for the theme music. Take part in this.bandcamp.com if you want to hear more of their music. Uh, just keep listening to our podcast. Like, <laughs> listen to the first section of our podcast over and over and over again. <laughs> no, I, was just, I, I just finished that sentence. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Sorry, it sounded like you were, you were going to continue. No, I was just on. hoping that you were going to go. And that's it for today. No, sorry. Uh, and that is it for this week. <laughs> I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Aaron. And this is Sick Boy.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.